So just a, a few general things about posture. Yeah. One uh, really important part of it is to have a sense of stability in the body. So we choose a posture um, that has stability in it. And what really supports stability is multiple points of contact. <laughs> so not just sitting on one point, yeah, which we sometimes do. Yeah. Sit on a chair and our feet are up, balanced on just one point. We're looking for more than one. Typically, good guideline is three. Yeah, three points of contact. So buttocks will always be one in a sitting posture. Yeah. And then if you're in a chair, two feet, yeah, second and third. If you're sitting on the ground, if it's a cross-legged position, it'll be your knees. Yeah. Second and third. And if you're a kneel in a kneeling position, it'll be your shins. So just checking with that, looking for that. That's one important guideline. The other is that the hips are, if possible, higher than the knees. Okay, that's another really good tip. Just notice, are the hips higher than the knees? Even a little bit higher. And what that does is it supports the back. Right? If the hips are higher, they're more easily open, um, and the back is more supported. So that's why... We sit on these chair wedges if we're in a chair. Yeah, that means the hips then become higher than the knees would be. So we're not going with the flat design of the chair. So yeah, just remembering these. And then, as, as I've said, if you want to hear more in-depth exploration of posture and one-to-one, -one, then, then come at 12. So there's a very interesting dynamic that we're starting to uh, touch on already with this kind of mention of posture and tips about posture. The dynamic between the body, the heart and the mind, yeah. which is um, really how our experience is shaped yeah, by those three components, very much in dialogue with each other. And... Um, in meditation practice, we, we kind of uncover this. We become more sensitive to it. And so paying attention to the posture is really meaningful. Yeah. It's not just so we come, we sit any old way, and then we expect the mind <laughs> to settle. Right? We support it through how we're sitting. Yeah. Similarly, you know, we don't just appear here, sit down, and say to the mind, pay attention, and expect it to get calm and peaceful just with that one command. Yeah. So there's attitudes that we can uh, bring in, yeah, mental attitudes, that can support the settling of the mind, that can support the process of meditation. So I want to just touch on three of these. Yeah. We call them the three Ps. If anyone here has heard of Rob Bea, they come from him. Yeah. And they're called the three Ps because they all begin with the letter P, which makes it a little easier to remember them. Yeah. So we bring in, as we practice, we're tuning in to um, patience, yeah. really important. Yeah. Tuning into patience, both as an aspiration, yeah, something we're developing and cultivating through our practice, and something that we can bring in to meeting the experience. So generally, we live in a culture that's quite impatient. 
yeah, kind of fast, fast moving, yeah, immediate gratification. Yeah, and so that impacts our minds. Yeah. So we come in and we might notice that impatience and say, no, nah, this is about actually the cultivation of patience and what happens to my experience if I bring patience in. Yeah, so I might be sitting here first morning of the retreat. Let's do a poll. How many people have felt tired since they've arrived and kind of really drowsy and nodding? Oh, big time. Okay, how many people have felt really restless and agitated? Or not really, a little, <laughs> to some degree, yeah. Okay, yeah, so this happens. And then we can ask ourselves, what happens if we bring patience to that? Yeah. So there may be a tiredness and that comes up as a resistance. I want to get rid of that. Or there can be an agitation. <laughs> and it's like, get me out of here. I want to walk out of the hall. Patience. Yeah. If we remember that, yeah, we can use the body again, breathe deeply. Yeah, or ground. Yeah. Supports that sense of patience. But just that thing, ah, we're cultivation, cultivating patience. We're throwing a bit of patience into the pot of our practice, of our retreat. So that's one, uh, one of the P's. Um, the second one is playfulness. Huh? Playfulness. So sorry to disappoint you. You may have come here thinking meditation is a serious thing. <laughs> and here we go. How about adding some playfulness into the mix? Yeah. Playfulness, creativity, yeah. engagement. Yeah. It doesn't mean if you're a pretty serious person, I am. <laughs> it doesn't mean you need to change your personality. Yeah. It just means we ask the question, what happens if I bring in a little bit more playfulness into how I'm paying attention? Yeah, and and we'll speak mo I'll speak more about this in a little bit. Yeah, but just that sense of our playfulness, creativity. If you need some inspiration, go out, look at the birds. Yeah. Lots of birds here. <laughs> Yeah, our great allies on retreat. Yeah, rabbits may get a glimpse of them, even in the depth of winter. Yeah, we can kind of say, oh, look at that playfulness. Think of children yeah, and how they learn right, through play. And so we kind of can bring that sense of it's okay to bring lightness, to bring creativity, to bring engagement into how we pay attention and to explore what that means for us. Because sometimes it's like, what? I haven't, you know, I'm an adult. I haven't played <laughs> for decades. What does that even mean? Yeah, that's, let's explore that. What does that mean? And the third P is perseverance. Yeah, we can call it um, showing up. Yeah, and, and noticing, just notice, when I say perseverance, is there a tensing up in the body? Do you feel perseverance? Oh. That's how we, we tend to relate to it. Relax that. We can relax it and just say, ah, it's about showing up moment by moment. We don't need to be tense as we do this. Yeah. And that's another area of learning, of exploration for us. So remembering as we practice the playfulness, the patience, the perseverance. They're really helpful for us as, um, as helpful attitudes and ways of relating to our practice. So I think we all know being here yeah, that what we're expected to do, <laughs> what meditation practice is about, is about 
paying attention. Right? Well, probably already said attention just today. I've already probably said it more than ten times. Yeah, it's about paying attention. And often, uh, when we start looking internally, we see oh, we have a conditioned, a habitual way, yeah, of relating to paying attention. Yeah, and that tensing is one of them. Yeah, I just mentioned with the perseverance. Um, but a kind of underlying assumption we may have, and check for yourself, is that attention is either on or off. Yeah? It has only two modes. <laughs> either we're paying attention or we're not. Yeah? So that can be a really strong uh, belief or idea that we may have. Yeah? It's very binary. And yet with our meditation practice, and particularly you know, the emphasis on this retreat, we're exploring the whole middle way range, yeah? We're exploring ranges, yeah? We're not so interested in the polarities, or not just interested in the polarities on, off. We're interested to see, can we pay attention in more ways, yeah? Beyond that duality of either I'm completely unaware <laughs> of my present moment experience, yeah? Or there's a razor sharp focus, yeah? Laser beam. Yeah, those are the two possibilities, yeah. and we're actually interested in kind of something more subtle than that, more diverse, more inclusive. Does that make sense to people? Yeah, yeah. So often that that sense of the polarity, the duality. Yeah, either I'm not there, I'm not present, or my presence, my attention is really razor sharp, laser beam, completely focused. And so we can um, bring that playfulness, that perseverance, that showing up, that our patience to exploring yeah, attention. We did it a little bit last night, if you can even remember <laughs> that meditation. Yeah, just saying, ah, what would it be? You know, what would be the kind of most gentle way yeah, where I could be in contact with the breath or with sound? Yeah, the most gentle way and not lose that contact. So there's that exploration already. So if we take the breath, yeah, a very common object of meditation practice, using the breath as the object of our practice, habitually what we will aim for, what we will try to do, is to keep a very focused and very continuous yeah, attention on the breath. Yeah? So here's the on-off again, very focused not missing a beat, <laughs> very continuous. Yeah. And there's benefit in practicing that way. I'm not saying don't ever do that. I'm saying let's see what else is possible. Yeah. And often what we will notice that goes along with that is when the mind wanders, when there's distraction, yeah, the way we bring our attention back will be quite harsh and forceful. I don't know if you've noticed that, but it took me... I don't know, 15 years of practice before I noticed how harsh I was. Yeah. Back. Yeah. Yeah. Back mind. Back to the breath. Mm -hmm. And so we can see maybe this is a relationship that we want to explore a little bit. So what we're going to play with today is a sense of a more inclusive range of attention. Okay. And so we're going to break down 
Yeah. What does it mean to pay attention to the breath? Yeah, or to sound, or to metaphrase, whatever object you're using. Yeah. We're going to break it down into three steps. Yeah, the first one is having the intention to pay attention. Yeah. How we love skipping over intentions. <laughs> just having a sense, this is my intention. Don't actually love it, we just do it a lot. This is actually my intention, to pay attention to the breath. This is actually what I'm doing. So that intention to pay attention. And then we bring the attention to the breath. I'm just using the breath as an example. Mm. We bring the attention to the object. And again, what does that mean for us, for each of us? Bringing attention to something. We bring our attention, we give our attention, we offer our attention. That's the second step. And the third is we notice when the mind is distracted. Yeah? That's the third. So, noticing the mind is distracted is part of our practice. It's not external to it. It's not, oh, now I'm not practicing. Yeah? That, it, this is a game changer, <laughs> this inclusivity. Yeah? You say, ah, no, this is part of the practice. I notice the distraction and I reestablish. Come back to the intention. Bring the attention back to the object yeah, with kindness. Yeah. So all three steps are part of the practice and there isn't a hierarchy between them. Mm. As we do this, we have the opportunity to cultivate more subtlety of attention and more kindness. Yeah. And there cannot be too much kindness in your experience. <laughs> Cannot be. Can't be too much kindness in the world. So we're cultivating subtlety and kindness. We're cultivating ease. Yeah? And a wholesome way of relating to our experience. And the beautiful thing is, the more subtle our attention gets, yeah, the cultivation of subtlety, uh, we can see, we can explore more aspects of the practice. Yeah, more aspects of the practice. So we can notice um, that the breath yeah, isn't just what we bring our attention to. Actually, um, the breath can be a way to bring awareness more deeply into the body as a whole. Yeah. It might not be just that, you know, some of you may be familiar, very one-pointed concentration, usually here. Yeah, some, some meditation techniques really focus on that. So it's not just that, it's actually the breath as a vehicle to bring awareness more fully into the body. We can uh, begin to open to the breath, not just as a physical collection of sensations, a collection of physical sensations, uh, but as an energy, yeah? as an aliveness. Yeah. Does this make sense? Yeah. So the energy, uh, the breath, not just as the physical sensations of where we know the breath goes through its process, but actually as, a, as a, has having an energetic aspect to it, an aliveness to it. And as we do that, we can connect to the breath and the breathing um, as a resource. Yeah, as a resource. And this is huge. Yeah. Taking a deep breath when we're feeling restless. 
Yeah. Or a kind of a deep breath, upward, upward breath when we're feeling tired. Yeah. So developing the capacity to find well-being, to attend to our experience um, through the breathing. Yeah. Not needing an external thing to happen yeah. for us to feel well in ourselves. The breath as a resource. So in order to support all of these, these um, three, last three things that I mentioned, the breath um, supporting us to come more fully into the body, yeah, the breath as uh, an energy, not just a physical sensation, and the breath as a resource, we're going to explore a slightly longer breath yeah, than we're used to. So we're just going to invite the breathing to be a little bit longer. Yeah. And this may be different to some uh, mindfulness practices you may be familiar with. Yeah. Invitation to the breath, stress on invitation here. <laughs> not command, not order, not force, not demand. Yeah. Invitation to the breath, an exploration to see what happens if the breath is a little bit longer. Yeah. What happens? And so as we explore in this way, we can see the breath can actually uh, support yeah, this quality of letting things be. Yeah? It can support ease, can support equanimity. Yeah. It can be nourishing, it can be resourcing, it can be spacious. Yeah. It can be a lot of different things. This is a big insight for us. And we can tune in to a more easeful way of being through the way we breathe. Yeah. And don't just believe me. <laughs> you have this day to, to try it out for yourself. You have the whole retreat. So when I say this, I, I, I often kind of imagine <laughs> all the, all the uh, doubt and the questioning that comes up in, in people's minds. So I always like to read a passage from the Buddha, from the suttas, where he talks about um, this way of practicing. Yeah. And so um, this is from the Anapanasati Sutta, mindfulness of breathing, where the Buddha says, uh, he's describing the practitioner doing their practice. And he says, breathing in long, she discerns, I'm breathing in long. Or breathing out long, she discerns, I'm breathing out long. Or breathing in short, she discerns, I'm breathing in short. Or breathing out short, she discerns, I am breathing out short. She trains herself. I will breathe in sensitive to the entire body. And she trains herself, I will breathe out sensitive to the entire body. Yeah, so we can perhaps hear, already see, yeah, this breathing as a way of bringing awareness to the whole body. Yeah, sensitive, I love the use of that word, sensitive to the entire body. Breathing in, sensitive to the entire body. Breathing out, sensitive to the entire body. The breath, not just as a physical happening, yeah, but as a, a way of contacting our experience, which is part of what we mean when we say the breath as energy. 
a way of getting in touch with our experience. So, you know, we can say also uh, through this sensitivity, yeah, we also this is also how we shape our experience. Yeah? Our experience is shaped through what is going on in the body, yeah? through what is going on in the heart and mind. And then the last couple of lines in this extract from the sutta, she trains herself, I will breathe in, calming bodily fabrication. And she trains herself, I will breathe out, calming bodily fabrication. So I'll say a little bit about bodily fabrication in a moment. (laughs) Um, But just that sense of the responsiveness, right? We use the breath to calm. We use the breath to attend to what is happening in our experience. So bodily fabrication, the way experience is shaped through the body. Yeah. Our experience is shaped through the body, through the heart, through the mind. Um, so that's, that's why the emphasis on posture. Yeah. Just notice, you may have noticed that last night, you're feeling maybe quite tired, dull, drowsy. When you stood up, what happened if you stood up? Yeah, so the shape of the body impacts the shape of the mind. Does that make sense to people? Our experience is fabricated by the body. Uh, equally, we can fabricate our experience through the body and the mind also. Yeah. So, yes, if we stay with that example of tiredness, uh, we know it through the body. Yeah, we feel it in the body. Right? And then we can also... Uh, respond to it through the body. The same with agitation. Yeah. So with tiredness, we might stand up, as I said. Yeah. Or we might just I keep doing this. I don't know if you can see. <laughs> yeah. Just establish the uprightness yeah, and the posture. With agitation, yeah, the opposite of the other side of the spectrum from tiredness. Uh, you know, we may be sitting here feeling quite agitated, restless, really waiting for the bell to ring. <laughs> yeah the holy messiah of the bell. Everything is going to be okay when that bell rings. I'm going to be saved. Really funny to watch our minds. (laughs) And we can feel when we tune in the tension and aversion. Tension and aversion that kind of builds up with that um, physical agitation or mental agitation. And that tension and aversion feeds more. More agitation, more aversion. We have other possibilities. So we can notice agitation and we can recognize it. Ah, there's agitation. There's agitation now. And then we can respond to it with the breath. Yeah. Breathing in, calming bodily fabrication. <laughs> we breathe in with a sense of, ah, when I breathe in, I'm making space for this restlessness. Yeah. And I breathe out, yeah, and I, so stay with it, with the in-breath. So we breathe in, we're letting it in, we're letting it be. Yeah, that agitation, we're not struggling against it. We're not pushing it away. Yeah. We're relaxing the aversion as we let it be, we let it in. Yeah. And then on the out-breath, we can let it go. Yeah. The out-breath, we can let it go, releasing. Yeah. And so often with agitation, making space, in breath, releasing, relaxing on the out breath. And feel free to use that. Um, I'm using it now primarily as an example. 
yeah, how we can respond with the breathing yeah, to our experience. Yeah, when there's agitation, it's in the body, it's in the mind, but we can attend to it through the body. That's big insight. We can attend to it with the breath. Does that make sense to people? Yeah. So the interesting thing is we can start to see that relationship that I spoke of at the beginning. Body, heart and mind are not distinct, separate from each other. Yeah. If the body's more calm, it's easier for the mind and the heart to be more calm. If the heart and mind are more calm, easier for the body to be more calm, yeah, more at ease. Yeah. So all of these are uh, impacting each other. They're in dialogue. They're mutually arising, mutually dependent. We can also, so this is kind of subtilizing attention, yeah, with the body in particular. We can also subtilize some of the mind-heart processes that are at play, yeah, and that shape our experience. Anyone felt, uh, found themselves thinking a lot since you've been here? more than ever before. <laughs> so this is what happens when we come and retreat. We just suddenly see how much we think. And if it hasn't happened yet, it may get unbearable at some point. <laughs> just want to take off this thing and leave it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So we can also subtilize these mental processes of thinking. And some of that will happen naturally as we practice and as we settle. Yeah, so part of what we do with meditation practice bringing our attention again and again to something like the breath. Yeah. Or if the breath is not a comfortable place for you, yeah, really important to say you can use sound. Breath is not a comfortable place for everyone to place their attention. If that's relevant for you, use sound instead. Yeah. Just the arising of sound. But when thoughts arise as distractions, so the primary thing we're doing, breath or sound, something neutral, as we're gathering the attention on that, the mind, believe me, <laughs> will settle. Yeah. It might not look like that because over the days, <laughs> you know, it will feel like there's more activity just because you're more sensitive. But anyway, it will settle. But we can also, uh, if we notice thinking happening yeah. to a great degree and it keeps pulling our attention, instead of getting lost in the contact, something that we can bring in is to shift our attention to the mood of the thought rather than the content of the thought. Okay. Now this is a again something we start to discover we can do. Yeah, we can have some agency in what we're paying attention to. What is the mood rather than the content? Yeah. So the content may be, you know, planning what I'm going to do when the retreat finally ends. Yeah. That might be the content, but the mood behind it would be some form of agitation and aversion yeah, to the experience right now. Does that make sense as an example? This is what we're talking about. So kind of mood or flavor sometimes, or sometimes it depends what works for you with sense organs. It might be like the background kind of music <laughs> that's there. So it doesn't have to be music, but just the sense of uh, what's the kind of background vibration yeah, that's underlying 
instead of getting lost in the, in the content or the narrative, we shift the attention to the mood of the thought and we just ask ourselves a very simple question. <laughs> is this wholesome or unwholesome? Yeah. Is this helpful or unhelpful? Yeah. And we, we want to know. Yeah. We want to know. Because a lot of the mood, a lot of the energy in our thinking is, is, is not what we want to give energy to. Yeah. Not what we want to give our attention and our life to. And so when we notice that mood, when we notice that energy, it's not about judging who we are. It's about enabling that letting be and letting go. Yeah, that's what we're interested in practice today. And in order to engender that, we need to let in to a degree. Yeah. So we let in, that's the turning towards the thought and checking what's the mood. Yeah. And we let in and we breathe with it. And we let it be. We don't kind of say, you have no place. Yeah. But we see, ah, this isn't helpful right now. This isn't wholesome right now. It's not in alignment with my aspirations and my intentions for my life, for this retreat, for the practice. And so then we can drop. Yeah, we can let it go. And it's very sticky and demanding. We can just, just for now, <laughs> just for this breath or just for this practice or just for these four days of retreat. So we let in and let be in order to discern the mood. Yeah. We allow so that we can support the relaxing of the tension and the contraction, the pushing away. And all of that supports the letting go. And we want to then taste the ease that comes with the letting go. Maybe really fleeting. We may let go and whoop, it will come up again, maybe. Yeah. But we want to feel that release and that relief and that ease that comes when we let go of what is unwholesome. So yeah, I know it was a lot to say. It's kind of what happens when a retreat is relatively short. You get dense. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully useful and enjoyable. As you may have noticed, this is all being recorded on two separate devices. Uh, so we've got backups. Uh, and it will be available to you after the retreat. So you can always go back. Yeah, you don't need to take it all now. You don't need to apply it all now. You can always go back uh, and use it later. So yeah, let's have, a, let's have a practice together. I'll guide a practice based on uh, some of the things we spoke about. Um, We've already been here 35 minutes, so uh, practice will be about 20 minutes long. Uh, if you feel like it would be helpful for the body to stand up or stretch any part of the body before you settle into your posture, please do that. And checking in if you want to go back to the same posture or use a different posture, some different sitting posture or the standing posture, whatever's helpful.
when you're ready, settling into your posture for this time, making any adjustments that are needed. any adjustments so that the body is as supported, stable, balanced as possible. might check in with a balance of uprightness and ease in the posture. In the posture, reflect a sense of alertness. It's usually supported by the lengthening of the body. That being balanced with a sense of relaxation and ease. So finding that middle way. Inviting the awareness into the body. May be helpful to use the sensations of contact, body in the seat, the body in the ground. Using the immediacy of the contact sensations to gather and collect the awareness into the body. So we'll take a few minutes to establish this, to ground, to gather, to collect the awareness, particularly in the sensations of contact.
finding your own way with this. Tuning to the contact between the body and that which supports the body. And then in your own time, gently, gradually, letting the awareness open like a flower unfurling from the contact sensations opening out into the body. Filling up the body and including the whole body gently expanding through the whole body. If it's helpful, you might still feel the rootedness in the contact sensations and from there the opening. Awareness expanding through the body, having a sense of the whole body, whole body sitting here. Filled with awareness, filled with this sensitive knowing of awareness. The field of awareness wide and open through the whole body, perhaps a little larger than the body. And then within it, within this field of awareness, the presence of the breath. Breath moving through awareness, rippling through awareness. So we're attuning to the movement of the breath, the fluidity and flow of the breathing.
And we're going to invite the breath, very gently invite the breath to be longer. We're not forcing it or straining it. Just a gentle stretch of it. Welcoming the breath to be longer rather than ordering it to be. As you do this, you can feel the breath longer and expanding more deeply, more fully into the body. Softening and opening the body space. And on the out breath, tuning into a sense of releasing, letting go. You may notice this can bring some ease. It can be very easeful or a little easeful. And we can bring in the playfulness to notice what would support ease how can I support ease through the breathing so inviting the breath to be longer to fill up the whole space of the body Noticing any ease that comes with practicing this way. Let's take some time to explore this for ourselves.
Awareness wide and open. Just noticing what's unfolding in your experience. There's distraction, acknowledging it, softening areas of tension. Seeing what happens if you reconnect with as easeful a breath as possible. Calming, letting go as you do so. If the distraction is primarily in the form of thoughts, opening to the mood letting it in and letting it be as you meet it and discern is this wholesome or unwholesome helpful or unhelpful and then letting go without rejection without judgment easing with the breath Coming back to the body and a wide open awareness. Inviting the breath moment by moment. To be responsive to experience, easeful and attentive. Keeping the awareness in the body wide and the breath long and easeful. 
If you notice any areas of tension, contraction in the body, bringing the awareness of the breath to there. Breathing into it or through it or around it. Letting it be. Letting it be. Attentive and caring with the breathing. So feel free to explore this practice through the day. A sense of a a wider body awareness, awareness filling up the body. The breath flowing through that space and inviting the breath to be longer. And then attending to experience through the breathing or if it's thinking through that discernment of the mood and seeing kind of our interest is to see what supports the the letting go of entanglement yeah which can also you know we can that's why we're using both letting be and letting go (laughs) yeah because it's not just about getting rid of things sometimes it's about letting them be yeah and they stop being a problem when we do that I also want to say a little bit about walking practice. We have time now for walking and the sun is shining <laughs> on the lawns. Um, so real encouragement if you're up for it to, to do walking practice outside. 
Um, there's also a walking room just here uh, next to the meditation hall. Uh, and uh, you can also do walking in your room. That's also a possibility, just to say these are all possible options. Yeah. Um, there is something about being outdoors which can be quite supportive for many of us because it does that opening of the space. Yeah. Opens up the awareness very naturally. A few um, guidelines for you know whatever you're doing the, the practice, which will also change over the days. Um, having a sense of the length of your path. Yeah? So just like in the hall, we have our seat, we have our space, can be helpful when you're doing walking practice to have a sense instead of just you know the way we're used to walking, which is walking around. <laughs> yeah? um, we're actually having a, a path, that's our, our walking area, that's our walking um, location. Yeah. And so we have a sense of that path, it can be um, between, usually we say five and ten meters long. Uh, feel for yourself what's helpful. For some people it's a longer stretch, some people shorter. It can be really helpful to play with the pace. And for many of us it's helpful with walking practice to walk slower and sometimes a lot slower <laughs> than we would normally walk. Yeah? Just supports the attention. Yeah? Easier for us to pay attention to something when it's slow. Yeah? At the same time, balancing that, yeah? that you're not becoming really like, um, words keep eluding me this morning, but just very tight, yeah? that you're not holding back yeah? because you think, oh, a good meditator walks really slowly so I'm going to really kind of hold myself back so having some playfulness here really helpful noticing what's the right pace for you now that allows you to, to kind of have presence in the body have presence with um, the object of your practice um, but still brings a sense of ease and well-being um, into the practice um, the object yeah, and during walking practice, classic, traditional object, contact of the feet with the earth, with the ground. Yeah, that's the, that's the traditional one. Um, and, you know, makes a lot of sense, right? It's there, it's a continuity, and it's, it's fairly neutral for us. Right? Just that contact, and it also actually has quite a lot of variation in it, so it can be quite interesting. Um, we can use that. Um, if it feels better for you, you can use the whole body moving. Yeah? Many people, again, the spaciousness of that can have a sense of more fluidity. Yeah? Um, or if the breath is a really good object for you, you can carry on with the breath also in the walking. So you have all those possibilities um, as far as the object. Um, and I find it really helpful to begin the walking practice. Well, one thing to say, to begin it straight away. <laughs> you stand, as, as I'm going to finish talking in very, very shortly, you stand up and you're going to start walking straight away. So, you know, why stop meditating? Yeah? You might not be going very slowly because there's other people waiting to get out of the hall as well, but you, you're having attention in the body, having that continuity of practice. Um, when you get to your path, wherever that is, you know, of course, you may go via the toilets and getting a drink or that, but get to the path with your cup of tea. Um, 
and uh, stand. Yeah, so I really recommend walking practice start with standing. Yeah, and stand. The standing really gathers, yeah, collects. Feel the feet on the ground and then see if you can feel the whole body. And once you have a sense of presence, then you start walking. It can be very helpful. This is how I do walking practice. When I get, feel like I'm getting really lost, I stop and I stand again. Yeah. And I gather. Sometimes I do more standing than walking in a walking practice. doesn't matter. Yeah. It's about the appropriateness and the presence and the exploration, yeah, being in touch with your experience. Um, and the last couple of suggestions with that, um, using that letting in yeah, letting be, letting go as appropriate as you're practicing. So letting in the sensations of the contact with the ground or letting in the sense of the whole body. Yeah. Letting things be. Yeah. Letting things be. If you're walking outside you can have that sense of the earth. Yeah, and how it lets things be. Yeah, lets things be. And then letting go of what's not useful. Yeah. Oh, this thinking now is really beautiful, but it's not what I'm here for. Let it go. And they'd be kind of carried out into the air um, or through the body and into the earth. Yeah. So I didn't go into the earth. Um, really, pr- really prioritizing what's easeful, what's nourishing right now as we do the practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.